What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as Hamhawks42 on the internet, and today is another edition of Overthinking MTG. And uh, yeah, it's another wonderful day of isolation with the same beautiful view out my office window that I'm sure um, is very similar to the view that you are enjoying right now that you've been enjoying for the last week as you're listening to this. Um, Unless it's in the future and everything's perfectly fine, in which case, hey, rock on. Remember that time back in 2020 when everybody was locked in their houses for like, well, a long time? I guess I I don't even know how long it's going to be at this point. But yeah, so it's crazy. So stay safe out there. Uh, Yeah, don't touch your face. He said as he touched his face. All right, so we are going to be looking at another random card on Gatherer. And today, I just clicked everybody's favorite button, and we are going to be looking at Soil Shaper. So this is interesting. This is a 1-1 spirit for one in a green, and this is from Champions of Kamigawa. It's an uncommon. Whenever you play a spirit or arcane spell, target land becomes a 3-3 creature until end of turn. It's still a land. So I really dig this. There are a couple of things about it that I think are really cool. So it's a one one for two. So okay, that's fine. You know, it's it's not correctly cost, or you know, it's not right on curve. Uh, but it has a cool ability in that it turns lands into creatures. Um, but the other thing about that is, and there's a lot you can do with that. Once once the land becomes a creature, you can equip it. You can enchant it with auras uh, that enchant creatures. You can buff it up in combat. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. And at the end of the day, it's just adding an extra, it's an extra body on the field. And a 3-3 that you could theoretically get as early as turn 2 really comfortably. Well, turn 3 for sure. Um, that's pretty great. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The other thing I really dig about this is um, it's leveraging a mechanic that was in Kamigawa that I really, really enjoyed, and that was Arcane. You can actually listen to yesterday's episode for a rather lengthy uh, description of Arcane as it relates to splicing. But in Kamigawa, there were two different factions. You had the spirits and you had the mortals. And so the mortals included humans, goblins, ogres, everybody. Um that we kind of know and love. And then meanwhile, there were the spirits, which were the kami. So they were the um, spiritual essence of nature, of the world that kind of made up all things. Uh, The mythology was very much based off of Japanese mythology. And uh, I'm certainly no expert in Japanese mythology, but I was really into Kamigawa. So uh, I I can speak to that. So the kami... There's the the Kami War, uh, where the spirits of the world itself waged war on on the mortal races, um, and so yeah, as you as you can imagine, the mortals didn't really have a great chance. But as I understood it, they it, it did end up being a pretty damn good fight. Um, but in any event, the spells that were arcane from Kamigawa represented the magic of the spirits the magic of the kami meanwhile the uh those spells that were not represented that of humans um the other thing that the kami were very good at was well (laughs) what they were supposed to be very good at was re uh pulling each other out of the graveyard so the idea was when a when a kami would die when a spirit would die most of them had the ability to uh pull another great another spirit from your graveyard into your hand it was an effect called soul shift and when there's a there's a bit of a problem with the soul shift mechanic because you would if you had a creature that was that cost five a lot of time it would have soul shift for four and so you'd have 
so when your creature that cost five died, you would be able to grab any spirit in your graveyard that cost four or less and put it into your hand, not into the battlefield. And the problem was, all of the creatures ended up just being a little too expensive. Like, I feel like there was a 5-5 with Soul Shift 4, but its stat lines were like a 3-3 or something like that. So you'd end up with having to spend a premium just to get a card out of your graveyard that was less valuable than the creature that you just lost. So it ended up being... It didn't really synergize well. It didn't really stack out well. Um, it didn't work as well as uh, desired, which is unfortunate because flavorfully it was pretty cool. But as a result, there was so you had spirits, you had, um, and they had arcane abilities. But then you'd also have a number of other arcane spells, or you'd have another a, a number of other instants and sorceries that were not arcane, and they represented the mortals. And so because spirits interacted with the graveyard, theoretically, the big thing that you saw a lot with the spells uh, from the humans was they, um, instead of, like, a lot of the time, the red burns, for example, when they dealt damage to a creature, you exiled the creature instead of letting them die as a way of kind of cutting off what was supposed to be this advantage of being able to recur them out of the graveyard. And that also kind of makes sense. The idea that spirits, these elemental creatures that are of the very essence of the plane itself, the idea that they could just die didn't really make sense. So it made a lot more sense to have to exile them if you were going to fight them. So as humans learned how to combat these creatures, they developed these skills. And so that's why you see a lot of spells from Kamigawa that were um, that were not arcane all of a sudden um, manipulate things in certain ways. There were also counter spells that like put the spell on the bottom of its owner's library instead of putting it into its graveyard for similar reasons. You know, that kind of thing was fairly common. Um, and that was why. It was because the graveyard represented the spirit's domain. And so the humans needed to be able to fight on that domain too. So flavorfully, it all worked out really, really nicely. The problem was the general mana cost was a little bit higher than uh, what the effect warranted in a lot of cases, which is why the Kamigawa spells haven't really aged super well. That said, Soil Shaper here is an interesting example because if you have a lot of spirits or arcane spells in your deck, what it will allow you to do is create um, you turn your land into into creatures, and the other the cool thing about turning a land into a creature is, a lot of the time the land if you're targeting a land that's been there for more than a turn, it doesn't have haste, but it doesn't need it because it's not effective. Um, it's not affected by summoning sickness, so that's pretty darn slick. Um, that that comes in handy quite a bit. Now, would you use Soil Shaper over something like Nissa, who shakes the world? No, of course not, um, because it's it's not quite that good. And it also has to synergize with Spirits and Arcane Spells. Now, I have a ton of stuff in my collection that synergizes with playing Spirits and Arcane Spells, and I have not built a deck around any of them. I have tried in the past, and they always are just a little too slow. They are just not good enough. I have a lot of the payoffs, actually. And even with all of the spirits that have been printed outside of Kamigawa that have nothing to do with Kamigawa, because spirits are a very common creature type, I've st- 
I still have yet to see the right application for all of these spirits and arcane payoffs that existed in the Kamigawa block. I haven't seen it. It's got to be out there somewhere. I have tried, but for the life of me, I can't find it. I know the Celestial Kirin uh, is one potential spot. Actually, the whole Kirin cycle is probably the best example um, it's probably the best option. The Celestial Kirin is a 3-3 flying spirit. I believe it costs 4. And it has the text on it that whenever you cast a spirit or arcane spell, destroy all other permanents that share a um, that, that share a converted mana cost with that spell. So it creates... So if you have you know, a number of different spirits in your hand, a number of different arcane spells in your hand, all of a sudden... With Celestial Kirin, you can you can do some real damage to the board very effectively, very quickly. Um, I also understand there are some ways in which you can actually... I believe there's a spirit that actually costs a zero that allows you... Or no, it's Ugin's Conjurant. That's what it is. So with Ugin, Ugin's Conjurant is a spirit that is colorless that was printed in War of the Spark. It is not a very good card independently. However, it combos beautifully with Celestial Kirin. What that does is it, it costs X. That's it. And it comes into play with X 1-1 one, one counters on it. It's a 0-0. Zero, zero. So what you can do if you have Celestial Kirin out, you can play Ugin's Conjurant for 0 and now all of a sudden, you have a trigger on the stack that says destroy all permanence with converted mana cost zero. Hey, fun fact, you know what permanents all have a converted mana cost of zero? Lands. Every single one of them. So if you have a Celestial Kieran on board, Ugin's Conjurant, all of a sudden, you can just dial that number to whatever you need. And if you don't need anything else and you just want to blow up, the you, you want to watch all of the members of your playgroup get really pissed at you, drop it for zero and blow up all their lands. Yeah, that's an option that you can do with that. It's bananas. Because those were two cards that were printed like 15 years apart and were never intended to combo together. But here they are. And that's one of the reasons why the playset of Celestial Kirins that I used to have uh, went from a 50-cent junk nothing card to a $20 card overnight because Saffron Olive blew the lid off of that one. So thank you, Seth. I appreciate that very much. And the cable bill that I was able to make that month uh, is also very grateful. <sighs> very cool. So yeah, Soil Shaper is the card that we actually hit on for this particular um tangent it is a fine option i've actually had a couple of decks where i have tried to run this just because i enjoy the combo potential that comes with modifying card types you know the, the type of permanent something is i really enjoy that it's it's silly it allows for a lot of jank opportunities and soil shaper definitely gives you those options so i appreciate that at the end of the day i'd probably rather have a zendicon than this guy but still it it's the potential for fun is there if you're synergizing with spirits or arcane spells. And like I mentioned yesterday, there are some combo potential with arcane spells. So who knows? Maybe there's a, maybe there's value out there. Um, I can't think of a ton of examples in green specifically, but there it is. Oh, uh, and there are rulings on this particular card. So as of August 1st, 2008, a non-creature permanent that turns into a creature can't 
can attack, and its tap abilities can be activated only if its controller has continuously controlled that permanent since the beginning of their most recent turn. It doesn't matter how long the permanent has been a creature. Very cool. So, <laughs> so lands are affected by summoning sickness, but not really, because they aren't creatures. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's all... The the nuances there can can get a little sticky, but I think it makes sense. All in all, make sure you target a land that wasn't the one you just played, which, in a lot of situations, you won't even be able to necessarily know the difference. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't keep track of my specific individual basic lands if you're running basics. So, cool, cool, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out. It has been a pleasure. And uh, I'll be back here tomorrow. You can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hamhocks42. Thanks so much, and I will catch you next time.